the beginning of the retreat period. It's helpful to consider the uh, most skillful approach, the most skillful attitude with which to engage in uh, practicing Dhamma. There are many different ways this can be considered, but uh, what comes to mind as the most helpful approach is one of the Buddha's teachings. He described the, the way that all of the factors of the Eightfold Path, they are protected, supported, sustained, particularly by three of them by right view, samaditi, right effort, samavayamo, and right mindfulness, samasati. These three, right view, right effort, right mindfulness, circle around and support, protect, maintain all of the other uh, factors of the Eightfold Path. A right view, this can be looked at in a variety of different ways, it can be defined in different ways. But just as we recite in the morning chanting, one of the essential aspects of right view are these simple statements of the Buddha, Sabe, Sankara, Anicca, all conditioned things are transient, impermanent, uncertain. Sabe dhamma anatta. All dhammas are not self. All aspects of the conditioned, the unconditioned, the experiential realm, these are not self. They're not a person. They belong to a person. They're not an I, not a me, not mine. Sabe dhamma anatta. So seeing th the world of experience in this way, experience of this body, this mind, experience of what we call the world around us, and establish these principles as a basic elements of right view, seeing clearly. Everything is in a state of change. Everything, conditioned, unconditioned, is not self. It's not a, a self, doesn't belong to a self. It's not a person. It doesn't belong to a person. And particularly important in engaging in meditation, especially at the beginning of a retreat, we have a lot of enthusiasm, interest, sincerity. We want to practice really well. We want to practice hard practice in a good way, and our efforts to be effective, beneficial, liberating. So it's very easy for effort to be made uh, woven through with the attitudes of I and me and mine, penetrated, permeated with self-view. I need to develop samadhi, I want to develop insight, I've got to get rid of 
my defilements. I've got to get more concentration. I'm really looking forward to this time because I'm going to get, I'm going to do, I need to, I must, I should, I ought to, I want to. And even though those goals, those intentions to free the mind of defilements, to establish the qualities of samadhi, collectedness, concentration, wisdom, insight, banya, those uh, intentions are very wholesome, very noble, and they might be the focused upon with great sincerity. However, if those, uh, the, <coughs> if those goals are, are followed or pursued with an, uh, with an attitude of self-view, I should, I must, I want to get, I, I want to get rid of, all of that I indicates a, a wrong view, indicates a distorted view. It's a <coughs> self-view rather than right-view, sakaya diti rather than samaditi. So in order for those goals to be actualized, in order for the efforts that are, are made to be really effective in freeing the heart rather than creating more, imprisonment, or limitation, more burden to the heart. For these efforts to be able to fulfill their noble intentions, we need to be alert to the habits of self-view creeping in to the effort to practice meditation, to concentrate the mind, to let go of the confusing and defiling habits, sense desire, <coughs> kamaraga, ill will, viapada. Restlessness, udacha kukucha, doubt, vichikicha, dullness, tinamita. To let go of the defilements, the hindrances, to cultivate the qualities of virtue. The perfection of sila, keeping the precepts, following the routine, focusing the mind on the meditation object, the breathing, or the footsteps, or the inner sound, or whatever concentration object we choose. And the development of wisdom, the cultivation of, of insight, the reflections on anicca, dukkha, anatta. Even these can be, uh, <coughs> even though the intention is to develop wisdom, it can still be uh, permeated, affected by self-view. I need to develop insight. I need to let go of self-view. That's what I have to do.
So the beginning of a retreat and uh, establishing skillful qualities to really support the practice and to help it flourish and to result in genuine qualities of freedom, peacefulness, ease in body and mind. And it's important to, to recognize these habits of self-view, how they creep in, how they, they weave themselves into our practice, to recognize them, to know what they are, and to let go of them. Often people misunderstand the, the Buddha's teachings on on uh, desire. They hear the words, desire is the cause of all suffering, which is frequently the way things are translated or expressed. So then it's assumed that any kind of wanting or directing or any kind of goal at all is somehow a, a mistake or is tied up with the causes of suffering. It's going to produce more dukkha, more alienation and insecurity. But the, the kind of desire, the, the wanting, that is the cause of dukkha is tanha, which is a self-centered craving. It's always got the, the element of I and me and mine as an intrinsic part of it. I want, I should, I must, I have to. But we can direct the mind towards what is wholesome, to what is noble, to what is liberating. We can have goals that, that effort is put forth to realize. We can have skillful desires, Dhamma Chanda, the desire for the Dhamma, and that quality of interest or enthusiasm, giving direction to the mind that is Chanda, interest, that can be completely wholesome, not productive of, of uh, dukkha, of alienation or difficulty at all. If every kind of desiring, or every kind of effort, or doing, or working was contrary to Dhamma, how could there be right effort? How could there be right action, right livelihood? Those couldn't be aspects of the Eightfold Path. If any kind of working, or doing, or directing of the mind was intrinsically unsatisfactory, or led to led to dukkha. So there must be a way that we can work, we can expend effort, we can engage our lives, give it direction, apply effort, in a way that leads towards peacefulness, towards liberation, rather than away from it. Therefore, if we can recognize the habits of self-view, or the eye-making and mind-making, as it creeps into the efforts to practice meditation, recognize those habits of self-view, 
to meet them, to know them, and to let go of them. And instead, to let the practice be guided by mindfulness and wisdom. Mindfully being aware of those habits of self-view arising, you can let go of them. When the Buddha defined right effort, samavayamo, then he def divided it into four different qualities, four different aspects of making skillful effort, samapadana, giving direction to the mind, giving direction to our life in a skillful way. The first is to restrain the unwholesome from arising so that intention to not let the mind move towards greed or aversion, fear, self-centeredness to restrain the unwholesome from arising this is sangvara so we, we take the precepts we set the the intention in mind to cultivate what is wholesome, what is noble, and to restrain the habits of sense desire, ill will, restlessness, fearing, wanting. All the self-centered habits that the mind is, is uh, accustomed to. So we, and the first aspect of right effort is to restrain any kind of unwholesomeness from arising. The second aspect is if an unwholesome state has arisen, the mind is filled with aversion, or craving, fear, restlessness. If the unwholesome quality has already arisen, then we apply the effort to let go to relinquish, to let go. So if the mind is fantasizing about where we want to go, or reminiscing about the past, or dwelling upon aversion to a feeling in the body, or to a sound that we hear, we recognize that quality of hatred, or craving. attaching to an opinion, or a, a love, or a hate, recognizing that unwholesome quality, then, guided by mindfulness and wisdom, there's a letting go. When self-view comes into the picture, it says, I'm having angry thoughts, I should get rid of them. I'm an angry person, I've got an anger problem. I need to get rid of this anger. That's self-view stepping into the picture weaving itself through into our efforts. It doesn't need to be that way. When we establish right effort based on mindfulness and wisdom, there's no self-view involved. There's the recognition. Here's an angry feeling. This is unwholesome. Let go. This is a, a feeling of sense desire. Self-centered craving, lusting, fantasizing. This is unwholesome, therefore let go. 
not I'm an evil person because I have this lustful thought or this angry thought, this restless feeling. I have to get rid of it. But simply based on mindfulness and wisdom, there's the recognition of the unwholesome. And the appropriate response is Vahanati, letting go, relinquishing. And the third aspect is to cultivate the wholesome, bhavana, consciously bringing the wholesome into existence, loving-kindness, concentration, wisdom, compassion, unselfishness, the arousing of wholesome states. Not, I should have more loving-kindness, I should be compassionate, I should have more wisdom, I need more mindfulness. But rather, recognizing there's um, emotional blankness or numbness, inclining the heart towards well-wishing, to brightening, to alertness. And then finally, the fourth aspect is anurakana, to protect or to maintain. Whatever wholesome qualities are present, concentration, kindness, clarity, based on mindfulness and wisdom, those wholesome qualities are sustained. Not, I've got concentrated, I've got to keep this. I'm doing well with my practice, my mind is really bright, I've got to keep this going. Well, that I and me and mine is unnecessary, obstructive. So setting this as a, a format, as a, an outline for ourselves, as the retreat gets underway, to see if right effort, samavayamo, can be cultivated based on mindfulness and wisdom based on right view, rather than based on selfie. Can, we, can the practice be guided on this quality of attunement, the mind awake to the present? And letting the responses, letting go of the unwholesome, cultivating and maintaining the wholesome, let that come from the attunement of the heart to the reality of the present. and see the results of that. And the practice is not based on self-view. What are the results? It can be recognized in the, the clearest moments. The mind is not a person. It's not a person that doesn't belong to a person. The mind is Dhamma. The citta is really an aspect of Dhamma. It's not a person, not a self. It doesn't belong to a self. And in those moments of awakening to that, recognizing that, be aware of the quality of freedom, spaciousness, peacefulness that comes with that. You know it directly. See it directly. It's not a belief, not an idea, but a realization, 